Are we reminiscing about your playoff hopes now, Dan? Oh, choose to ignore that comment. Too soon? I understand it can be a sensitive subject. Howdy ho, gentlemen. We're back for another podcast. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Weber and Nick Ruth. Dan, how you doing? I'm just here so I don't get fined. Of course. Yep. Nope. That's just going to live my absolute best life over here and being wrong week after week, month after month, except in Pick'em. <laughs> Touche. You went four and two on the week, and Nick and I managed three on or three and three. I believe that puts me in first place. Some some people, if you watch Fox, would call that being the big dog. So, I mean, let's hear the reason for the song choice. I was panicking, and Fall Out Boy came out at the bar last night where I was at, and I had a very large reminiscence about how much I miss my 90s Fall Out Boy, early 2000s Fall Out Boys, and it just, it was great. And plus, these guys are going to remember us for centuries. Our kids will remember us for centuries. Because And happy okay. Sun's Day to anybody that is going to listen to this tomorrow, um, even though Sun's Day is today. But happy Sun's Day to your boys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. What Nick, the how hell you is Sun's Day? Sun's Day is where you it's celebrate sons, your, like God's sons. Child, and, son. and boy sons. So your like wife remembered. Hallmark holiday? Your wife remembered. Probably. Of course she did. The Hallmark holiday. I'm doing well. Doing well. Ready for the podcast. Yeah, you Nick it so behind this or to give you a look behind the you know curtain, Nick has been on it with the podcast, like analysis, like getting ready for it. He sends Dan and I like kind of his rundown on the week recap. And you know, Nick's he was off like for a year, you know, kind of raising a newborn son or some excuse like that. But he's hit the ground running this year, right, Dan? It's been wildly impressive. I look forward to my mid-afternoon Tuesday where Nick has done absolutely nothing at work for approximately 12 and a half hours. And then the spreadsheet comes through and I couldn't be happier because that gives me while I'm doing absolutely nothing at work the excuse to read things. To be fair, I usually in the second half afternoon games will kind of start typing up. Okay. You know, the week three review, kind of what happened in week or in the early games and Thursday. Then during the Monday night game, kind of finish generally nothing's up in the air especially with these monday games lately mm-hmm. so i'm able to finish then i'll do the preview and then maybe tuesday morning on work i'll do the injuries and trades or whatever so they're, they're very little work time you're very meticulous though you got this down I, to a science i do that's what happens when you're a physical I can't, I can't concentrate on like one thing i gotta be doing like multiple things i, I don't know uh, just how the yes. brain works the zoomer generation for you damn straight and they said men can't multitask all right well we got to jump into this week's pod it's probably going to be a bit shorter i know you guys have probably all enjoyed like the 90 minute podcasts that we've had the last couple (laughs) but we're going to try to rein this one in a little bit in fairness we don't have any trades to recap and those take up a good chunk of time so to anyone listening get your butt into gear and trade a fourth round pick in 2025 to Nick for Conklin or something like that. Fuck I don't that. Know. Conklin is worth more than that. I've been okay. offered four, so I ain't taking it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe next week we'll get that one in the box. All right. Well, this to start the podcast, we obviously have to address the elephant in the room. 
And I'm sure, you know, Dan, Nick, you saw it. Chris kind of threw down the gauntlet, you know, with his posted the picture of Damian Pierce and how he's doing to start the year. Um, he, you know, for the pod haters, as he calls us, um, Nick through three weeks. I mean, how do you kind of view all this and Damian Pierce and, you know, are, are, are we too much of a haters uh, with him for Chris's guy? I'll be honest until this, we got together and we're talking before the pod. I completely missed the part where it said among rookies and it was way more impressive. <laughs> yeah. Who's he competing with? Hence my damn super impressive comment. Cause I was like, Oh wow. He's outdoing everybody. Totally missed among rookies. Him and Brees Hall are probably the only two that have played or started in three games. Yeah, I think that's so. Right. I mean, he's beating the number one running back drafted and the one one, which is wildly impressive. And you know, you revisit the draft. Would anyone behind him? Would you take in front of him? No. Would you take him in front of anyone who went in front of him? Probably let's, a few people. Let's do it for fun. Between Dan and Nick, yes, no. Are you taking Damien Pierce over this guy? No. Okay. We'll just go in order. Breesaw. No. No. Kenny Pickett. No. No. Kenneth Walker. No. No. Drake London. No. Hell no. Jamison Williams. Mm. I'm no. Sorry. No. Okay. Garrett Wilson. Hell no. No. This one might be interesting. Sky Moore. Yes. Yes. Hmm. I'm still going with Sky, but it's close. Traylon Burks. No. No. Agreed. Chris Olave. Nope. Nope. James Cook. Yes. I think this is about where I get even. I'm saying yes as well. Uh, two more. Christian Watson. Yes. Yep. <sighs> I'm going to say no, but I don't feel confident. And Johan Dotson, or Johan Dotson. No. I might say yes for Johan. I would say no, just because I feel like you could trade Dotson for more than you could Damian Pierce right now. But I would rather have Damian Pierce, if that makes any sense at all. Not really, but I'll accept it. Okay, I appreciate it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think our biggest critique on the pick, you know, back in May, um, you know, shortly after the draft was we just didn't like it for Chris's team and where he kind of wants to, you know, where we kind of envision sort of his timeline when he'll be competing. Um, you know, if Chris doesn't entertain trading this pick or, you know, keeping Damian Pierce, you know, is it, was it still the right call, um, you know, to go the running back, you know, should maybe try to capitalize on this hype and get something for him or you know can this Damian Pierce guy kind of line up with you know his timeline to contend in maybe two years so here's the here's the here's the, I'm just gonna start yeah. here so seeing as I'm the guy that you know drafted Brees Hall yeah I feel like this is a direct attack at me it's like <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and do this okay. so I'm I'm not sure if Chris knows this but in order to win fantasy football matchups we have to score these things called points. I don't know if that's mind-breaking or revolutionary to any of you guys. Uh, Damian Pierce, 29.7 points through three games. Yep. Brees Hall, 
Now, I'm not an expert, but I think 38 is bigger than 29. I, the math checks out on that one. Perfect. Okay. Um, Damian Pierce has lost er, has fumbled twice so far this year. Brees Hall has fumbled once. Okay. To yeah. be fair, it's against the Bears. Yeah, that's fine. It's allowable. <laughs> 13 receptions out of the backfield for Brees Hall. Pretty Four nice. for Damian Pierce. 100% catch rate, though. He does have 100% catch rate. 35 yards compared to Brees Hall's 101. And both teams, you could argue, are both dumpster fire, garbage, you know, time teams. I don't know, dude. I know the Jets. I like the Jets. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, the Jets have a found, an interesting foundation. If Zach Wilson figures it out, they're what, the, the, the Bengals 2.0 or something. Yep. PPR rankings, Brees Hall at 17, Damian Pierce at 33. In regular non, which doesn't really matter, Brees Hall is 25th compared to Damian Pierce's 22nd and everything. But, um, yeah, you way to pick a couple things to make your guy look better and then find the one asshat in PFF College that decided that he was going to make this a worthwhile tweet. I tell you like so, it, man. It's getting spicy. I just, I mean, again, it's small sample size. It's three games and everything. <laughs> Both have had... You know, situations where they haven't had very large snap counts with it. Um, All right. Well, how about? But, yeah, go let's, ahead. Before, let's, let's end it on this. So the the reason we didn't like this pick for Chris is because we didn't think that it made sense for his team and where he was going to potentially be ready to contend in probably 2024. Two years from now, like, let's assume he doesn't trade the pick. How confident do both of you guys feel that Damian Pierce will be like a real factor in the fantasy universe two years from now on a scale of one to 10. I'm being the most confident. I'll go with a seven because the Texans have so many holes that I don't think they can waste anything on running back. And they have a pretty competent running back in Pierce that I don't think they're going to waste anything there since they need so much and getting a veteran older running back is super easy kind of think running back if you look at the successful teams running backs kind of the last piece they go for if you look at the chiefs the bucks they kind of just go and plug plug so i think he'll be pretty relevant because okay. they don't need to replace him they need so many other things uh, and i think he is easily replaceable i think and it would be replaced by a guy that is coming out of free agency for additional depth. I mean, we saw Rex Burkhead have a pretty decent week one. And yeah, Damian Pierce has overtaken him in some of these things. But I don't know if anybody in the Texas offense has true staying power until they get the foundation done. And whether that's through a quarterback or wide receivers, and yeah, you can make the sense. I just basically said that he's there because he's not going to be addressed. I just don't think he has the – I don't think he has the staying power that everybody else thinks he does. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, to piggyback off of your point, Nick, you know, with running backs and not being a priority, I mean, we just talked about the Jets, you know, a year ago, couldn't we say the same thing with Michael Carter, and they kind of surprised us, or whatever you want to call it, and took Brees Hall um, with a young team that still needed holes, so, you know, it's, I don't think it was the smart choice, but, you know, teams, NFL teams surprise us at all times, so this is a Texans team that hired Santa Claus to coach them after really wanting Josh McCown to do it, but getting shut or getting shamed into not doing that decision. So who knows? All right. Anything else before we move on? No, I'm good there. Cool. No. 
All right. Um, you know, as we mentioned, no trades this week. Not really a ton of um, news. You know, in the NFL week, you know, we saw like some players rebound. We saw some players continue to disappoint. Um, not a ton of injuries, but the injuries that we did see kind of related to running backs. Um, we saw Delvin Cook leave with a dislocated shoulder. Um, we saw David Montgomery leave with was it a knee or an ankle? Ankle or, slash knee. So ankle just slash yeah, knee. anything. His entire should. leg. His yeah. entire leg. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, we saw um, go out. Um, who am I missing, guys? CMC just popped up today. Yep, hamstring with CMC. JT popped up today. Um, I want to say Kamara isn't full practice. He was just doing individual drills. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in the running back situation yeah. right now. And, I mean, it seems like everyone kind of is expecting Swift and Montgomery to miss time. But Cook is still kind of unknown. They're being they're in London this week, so their schedule is kind of different as well. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, Swift and um, Montgomery, the, it seemed like it was a given, but it hasn't quite happened yet that they're going to be out this week or even go on IR. I mean, what's your guys kind of read on the situation for those you know running backs in the short term? So the first thing I read, I want to say Monday morning, was Swift will probably miss two weeks, then they're by, and then he'll be back, I think, against the Raiders, if I remember right. Dallas. Dallas. And then I haven't heard shit. He's questionable. They have him getting points. I was like, what the hell is happening? I mean, the yeah. same thing about Cook. They're like, all right, dislocate his shoulder. He'll be out for a bit. And then they're like, he's day-to-day. And then you said, like, with Montgomery, the coach is like, oh, he's day-to-day, but he could go on IR, which is <laughs> makes no sense. No. And yeah. Kamara, I don't know what the fuck's going on with. And CMC just popped up today. JT just popped up today. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is one of those ones where like having a handcuff is kind of super relevant. Cause I mean, you're talking about, I mean, Dalvin Cook, you know, Nick, where do you, are, where do you, are you nervous about this? I mean, so out of all these injuries, I'm probably worried about Dalvin Cook the least just because he historically, for whatever reason, he's prone to having his shoulder dislocated. And Anthony Miller's shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. And normally what he does, like, I don't think he's missed a game for it, but he wears like a arm or like a shoulder brace that kind of keeps it secure. And, you know, he's fine. So um, the only thing that does scare me a little bit is the fact that it's a London game. You know, got to fly overseas, you know, have that early you know, game and schedule. So maybe they could sit them out. Um, but long term, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about this particular injury. But would you feel better having Alexander Madison on your bench, knowing that it should something like this happen? You're you have the guy that can go back into this game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In a perfect world, you would 100 percent want to have like your bases covered if you could. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's just an interesting one to me. You know, Zane obviously is in deep trouble if if Swift's not going. But on the flip side, Stefan picks up another starting running back. Sam, well, Sam would Swift. Be trouble, oh, so you know. yeah, but your your point still stands, absolutely. Oh yeah, that, sorry, I, more than Wisconsin is WW bullshit. Either way, you but know, he has, but he has a uh, kind of Jonathan Taylor. No, he has Montgomery, but he also has Khalil Herbert. You know, yeah. so running back yeah. one on the week. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, we're running back eight overall through three games, by the way. <laughs> running back is a dumpster fire. 
Um, yes, it's and, and so I think it's underperforming. Just, it it and it really is, and I think all these injuries that we're seeing pop up for some of these guys are really keeping it outside of predictable. And you're yeah. really hoping that your quarterback play can take you there. You have a decent tight end, and the you get as many passing yards as you can get from a receiver standpoint, or they're peppered 14, 15 times a game. I think that's kind of the fantasy football world we're playing in. Yeah, you don't really see that bell cow anymore. No, that's for sure. But I think like every position group, you look at the top 10 and you're just going to kind of scratch your head. You know, right now, I'll just go through each position. Just some interesting ones in the top 10. Carson Wentz. Tua Tagovailoa. Fun fact, he's only broken um, more than 14 points once on the season. But the yeah. one game that he exceeded, he had like 39 points. Um, at running back, we have um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Cordero Patterson, Jamal Williams, and Khalil Herbert in the top 10. Wide receiver, we have Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel in the top 10. And tight end, we have um, Tyler Conklin, Nick's boy, um, Tyler Higby, um, Hell yeah. Gerald, Gerald Everett. So, I mean, not a cast of usual suspects, you know, at the top of these rankings for all position groups, at least so far. Yeah, it's been a very interesting first three weeks to see just where productions come from. Big time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really all the injuries, you know, that we have so far. Um, you know, Keenan Allen's returning to practice this week. Um, Dak Prescott seems like it's gonna be, he's going to be out two more weeks. Um Zach Wilson's back. Zach Wilson's back. You know, that's definitely that's a big, big one. Yeah, big for... one to watch to see how that offense, you know, if Wilson still dominates targets, how Brees Hall's used, how Conklin's used. I think that's by far my biggest one to watch. And he comes 100%. back against Pittsburgh, too, who has been a little shaky on defense. Especially without Watt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That That is a big one. And also just for Jer's team, you know, if we start looking at weaknesses, if he, if Wilson knocks it out of the park, all of a sudden, we have to start asking ourselves. I mean, is Jared not just going to make the playoffs? Is he maybe a favorite to potentially contend for a title? I don't know. I think that tight end's weak. I think he could use tight end three in Conklin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I didn't realize we went through sales one on one on this pod. I know. Who who knew Nick would be wearing his used? Guys, I literally sell a person every single podcast. I don't know if you've. You didn't sell anybody this week. this week. You failed this week, so you let everyone down. Well, I sell somebody during the pod, and then they get traded next week. Mm, okay, that's been kind of my go-to here, except for Ceh took a lot of selling. And I now he's the... running back three. So fuck you guys. But I mean, let's not trying to like for Conklin. I mean, just the offense. Like, it's going to be interesting how it does look. You know, with oh for sure that that is by far the best one to watch. I think. Like, because even Conklin, I mean, you're right. He is like. Normally, if like he's going to get his target share, like it's not a fluke with the production that he's getting right now, but you know, just that's a new dynamic with a new quarterback. Um, you know, how does that shake things out? Um, it's yeah, I'm with you. That's that's the team to watch this weekend and how how they perform. Um, anything else just on last week in general before we move on to everyone's new favorite segment of the podcast? Nope. All right. Now let's well, go to 90 seconds with Nick. Nick, give us a running recap of week three. So we'll start with me and Armand. 
Um, his team kind of came back to life. My team also came back to life. Not having starting running back sucks. And DJ Moore is starting to cause panic. But Conklin's a stud. Um, Kevin and Dan. Kevin, Kevin's team finally showed some life. Henry came back, which always looks good. But I still just don't think he's in that tier with Stefan. Stefan's that clear tier one in that division. You go to Steve and Chris's matchup. Dumpster fire of dumpster fires. Steve is the clear one one. And this match did nothing but confirm that. You know, Stefan and Adam was a pretty good, but Stefan's team is just too good. I don't see a world in which he doesn't compete for the championship out of that division. As I said before, he's that clear tier above everybody. And then you go to the other matchup of the week of Zane and Jer. You know, another, you know, surprising win to me. Jer, I think, is establishing himself as the team to beat in our league, even though I was beating the drum last week that Zane was the best team in the league. It's hard to say it's a fluke when he's third in potential points in the league. Um, you know, the only thing I'd be worried about is that tight end. Pitts just doesn't look the same. And then you go to the battle of the weirs. Nick wins, but at what cost? You know, Wilson, I don't think is going to be the same quarterback. And then they both just got decimated by injuries. So that one's a little rough. So that is the recap. I like it. Second of all, how dare you? Yeah. Interesting. Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, I think we're ready for matchups of the week. Um, this, this is really shaping up to be a short pod. Um, but um, we will prevail. We will still um, carry on. Yes, we will carry on in these trying times. So let's start off with a real kind of nail-biter of a matchup. And that would be Stefan taking on Steve. So you want to know the fun fact? Let's hear it. When was the last time Stefan lost a head-to-head match? I'm what are your guesses? Guess. So he hasn't lost this year, and he won last year, so he made it through the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, like, I don't know, week 11 or week 12? I'm, yeah. I'm going to – so he, I don't think he lost a head-to-head matchup this year, last year. And I'm going to go with – I'll go with week seven of the prior year. So he lost two head-to-head matches last year. He went 26-2. and two. So every single week he was in the top six in scoring. But he lost two head-to-head matchups last year. One in week four and one in week two. A week two was, was one of them me? An inner conference. It was to four. Adam in week four and Kevin in week two. Kevin scored 207 points to Stefan's 187. Oh. And then week four was... Adams 160.32 to Stefan's 158.98. Jeez, damn close. Yeah. So he hasn't lost since week four of last year. And I don't think he's going to blemish his record. I'm going to say Stefan. Yeah. Um, I, my, my curiosity is, is, is Stefan going to double up the possible points Steve could score? We could also have fun and do a pick em. Pick three players from Stefan's team that outscore all of Steve's. I think it's going to be at least four players to outscore Steve's team. I would I think four. Cup and Debo might be able to do it themselves. <laughs> Maybe. But I threw in Brady as my third pick just because I think Brady's going to have a revenge game because he sucked last week. 
Give me Cup Debo and Najee. Yeah, I was going to say Cup, Harris, and Brady if we're just doing three. So it sounds like we all pick Stefan. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, is there anything to be optimistic about or talk about Steve's team at this point? A lot of picks for next year. Yep. He's locked up optimism him and Chris have. Uh-huh. I, I mean, think. it's for me, it's just what production can you see out of Cook and Dotson? Yeah. yeah, the Ayuk is also interesting to me, how he's been used and how he fits into the Jimmy G offense with Kittleback. Very true. All right, let's move on to another riveting matchup, and that's going to involve you, Dan. You are taking on Chris this week. Um, I mean... Chris is clearly going to be one dot two, but he's a little more spunky with Jimmy G in the lineup. Um, and Damien Pierce kind of emerging. I mean, has a starting lineup, right? You know, it's not like a piss poor one. Like when you look at Steve's. No, you're right. It's, it's, I mean, there, there's opportunities that these guys could have big weeks. I mean, Jamar Chase and could, could make any week very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy G against the Rams. I feel really good the fact that he's playing the Rams. But I just I I I like where I'm at. Josh Josh Allen's going to Buffalo or to Baltimore. I mean, that's a great matchup for him to just run all over things. Alexander Madison's stepping in the lineup and I get Jared Goff in Seattle. So I'll take me. Yeah, it's the battle of who sucks more, and I think it's Chris. So yeah. Thanks for pulling your punches there, bud. <laughs> um, I'm taking Dan as well, but I also think that the spread is a little too high for this game. Oh, for sure. Especially with the coach talk coming out about Burks. I think we're going to see heavy usage of him. So mm-hmm. I think his wide receivers could make this very tough for Dan. I would agree with that assessment. All right. Um, another interesting one. I mean, Not really, but Nick, you're taking on Jer this week. Yeah, Jer seems to be the team to beat in the Avengers right now, and I don't have a starting running back, so I just don't see a world where I do it. I mean, I think the fact that we're seeing Jalen Hurts be as productive as we are, Leonard Fournette and James Robinson are both looking great. DK Metcalf is arguably being, outside of Romeo Dobbs, the worst receiver on this one. Kyle Pitts got going last week, which is great to see. Equinami is... Aramon St. Brown has been nothing shy of spectacular in Detroit, and you get Zach Wilson back. That's a recipe for improvement. And yeah, I'll take I'll take Jerry. Yeah. You know what's funny to me? Just what's looking that? back at hindsight, the number one quarterback in fantasy right now, and the number three quarterback in fantasy right now, getting traded for like peanuts on the dollar. Jalen Hurts and who else? Lamar. Oh, Lamar. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... Hindsight's twenty twenty, but fuck, dude. I mean, Lamar's a little understandable. For Jalen Hurts, I mean, I don't think anyone assumed, you know, you'd be a liar if you said you thought he was going to, like, come to this level. No, I, think I thought he had he was, zero staying power. I think everyone knew he was productive um, and would be relevant as long as he starts, but, like, keeping it, you know, that's... I think that shocked everyone. Probably, I don't want to assume, but I'm guessing Jared didn't even see this coming. 
My boy Josh Allen sandwiched right in the middle. <laughs> Giddy up, Josh yeah, Allen. I'm sure there's some joke I could make, but I'll just bite my tongue. Giddy Same up, name. Josh Allen. All right, um, let's move on to kind of the last sort of lackluster-ish matchup. Um, Sam taking on Armand this week. I don't know if it's lackluster anymore, man. Sam's team okay. is so underproducing. Like, at what point do you start name given some of these names the bust title? I don't Let's, think he I mean, loses this out. game. Who's a bust? I gotta pull up his roster. Um, Hawkinson. Kamara losing a step, or is just dealing with the injury? You know, he finally benched Fields, which, as a Bears fan, hurts me to say, but. He could be busting. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb, I mean, had the big play, but dropped a 55-yard touchdown that hit him in the hands. I mean, he was money in that second half, though. I got to at least well, give him props for that. Like, it yes. wasn't just that touchdown catch, but yeah. You know, Trey Lance is out now, so you can't really give him that. And he's only yeah. played three games, but I don't like too much what I've seen. ETN can't beat out Robinson. I don't really know what's going on with that situation. That just seems tough. And CMC can't stay healthy. So, I mean, he's got the names, but I don't know. And then you have Javante Williams, who is basically on a 50-50 split, even though most dynasty experts have crowned him almost RB1. You just, they're not producing to what everyone expects i guess yeah no i think that is definitely a fair assumption or fair statement yeah i mean when you look across the way though i mean Tua obviously got i don't know how Tua came back in that game i just want to throw that out there he got fucking yeah there's not a a world where he was not concussed yeah with that i mean saquon had had a rough game in week two had a had a great week one you know better better week three they come in and playing the amazing bears defense this week so we got that to look forward to. Um, we saw a resurgence of David and Joku. Yeah, what the fuck week. was that? Going had, out of Thursday down thirty was real fun. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think that that's that's sustainable in some of this thing. Corey Davis laid a freaking egg last week. Um, Cooper Rush has been. Corey Davis had four and a half points last week. That's what I said. He laid an egg. An egg is zero. Okay, he cracked an egg. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Says a chicken owner. Um, I just there's not a whole lot of additional weapons that that Sam gets to pull out that you would feel comfortable over some of these questions that are going to be starting. And are they boomer bust players? As we've seen, yeah. But yeah. some of these guys aren't getting the big production that we need to see out of them week over week. Um I mean, so Armand's doing the same thing that Sam's gonna do now. It's which one's gonna do it at a better clip. Find yeah. the booms. No, I mean, I think for me, like, I'm leaning Sam, but, like, the only thing that scares me about this matchup is freaking Barkley going up against the Bears. What, yeah, the like, Bears. What, could, what could that poor <laughs> man do to this off, or this defense? Like, dude could go for 50 points, I think. I mean, that's okay. the big thing with Zane, too, is, all right, so you have the Bears and Giants, both top five running teams in the NFL. You have the Bears and Giants who are the bottom five run defenses in the NFL. This is going to be insanity. I mean, the game could last an hour. 
but it's going to be insanity. A throwback to 1950s football. So I'm going to take Sam as well. But my question for you guys is if you think this is the whose spread do you think is thinner than my matchup or Sam's matchup? Um, I don't see a world Sam gets 161 points. I'm going to say his matchup. Well, I guess does Sam cover 24 points or does, you know, Dan cover, Dan cover 14, points? 24? Yeah. I think Dan covers it before. Sam does. Yeah, I would probably agree. Um, just because more of Armand's team than anything else. He's Armand's got like Armand's lineup isn't like awful. You know, the flex boxes aren't great. Um, if Stevenson kind of gets lucky um, and gets a touchdown, it seems like that's kind of been the difference maker for the Patriots running backs of late. Um, could be a very good option, but. Compared to Chris, it's a little bit of a step up. So I would agree with Dan. Hooray. Um, Nick, we didn't get your pick. Are you going Sam or I'm on this for this game? I'm going to go Sam, but I think it's a shit ton closer than what Sleeper has it at. Fair enough. All right. Um, second to last matchup of the week is, I mean, it's a good matchup. But when you look at the division, the Justice League, um, it's, it's a battle for second place between Kevin and Adam. Stefan is just that far ahead, and, you know, it's, both teams are virtually locked to make the playoffs. Um, it's, you know, can either of them take that next step and get there? And that remains to be seen. So right now, Kevin and uh, um, Adam taking each other on, and I think these last two matchups warrant maybe a bit more of a breakdown. So, Dan, do you want to talk about your best friend, Kevin's team, this week? I would absolutely love to. So the one thing I love about Kevin is Kevin continues to reap players that I go through and have. But this week, Matthew Stafford is not going to have that case. Stafford has been – he always has his ups and downs with it. He's got four touchdowns to five picks. He's had uh, – the first two games he had multiple picks. Thankfully, he didn't throw one against Arizona, but he also didn't look good. Uh, I like Aaron Jones going into um, New England to bounce back after a very disappointing week three. Derrick Henry, I think, doesn't have nearly as exciting of a game uh, against Indianapolis. The The question becomes is, which Devontae Adams are we going to see? The 30-point, the 14-point, or the 10-pointer? And that's kind of scary. But um, Mike Williams, obviously, is going to take a hit with Keenan Allen coming back, or he's going to go off because Keenan Allen came back. Kelsey's going to be Kelsey. Michael Carter is going to be a very interesting play as I scroll down through to see if Kevin has any better bench plays. He's starting Devin Singletary. Melvin Gordon's in a timeshare with a questionable status. Jarvis Landry obviously has the early game against Minnesota in London. You never really feel good about that. Zay Jones, you, you never want to feel comfortable starting with it, especially as Christian Kirk's up there. There's not a whole lot of additional ones. Um, Logan Thomas has been kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, had, a, had a great week two, but really fell off week three. It's it's rough. Like There's not a lot of additional options for – Kevin to make a, uh, a play for and Michael Carter, you know, 49% of the snap share against Cincinnati, 11 rushes for 39 yards, one catch for seven. It's not great production out of there. And I own Michael Carter in a lot of leagues and went high on Michael Carter because he would, did well for the Jets with almost 700 yards last year. But Kevin's, Kevin's win will come down to his ability to make the matchups work. Yeah, I think the good thing for Kevin is 
Justin Jefferson plays at 8.30. If Justin Jefferson explodes, you adjust your lineup to play ceiling. If Justin Jefferson, you know, sucks or has a mediocre game, you adjust to go floor. And it's kind of neat that he has that ability, you know. Okay, do you go Michael Carter or Zay Jones? Michael Carter may have a higher floor than Zay Jones, but Zay Jones can fucking explode, as we've seen. So he kind of can play that as well, which is another I mean, aspect monitor. Adam Thielen's on the other side of the defense there too. Exactly. Kevin's got to so Adam Thielen. Just, Justin Jefferson sucks. It probably means Adam Thielen had a good game. If Adam Thielen sucks. Kind of. Or Alexander Justin Madison. Yeah. New Orleans <laughs> generally has a pretty good run defense. Very true. So wow. I mean, that's a cool mo- matchup to watch. That they have that one game, and it's one of. Adam's best players, so he can kind of take it and measure and go from there. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Nick, do you want to kind of continue with Adam's team and how the rest of the squad's looking this week? Yeah, I think, you know, you look at his lineup, the first, what, five, six people, Mahomes, Eckler, Patterson, Jefferson, Diggs. No-brainers. You throw them in. Matchup proof, you don't care. Kittle is another one that just because of your investment, you throw him in no matter what. Are you worried about it? I'm starting to get a little worried with him. You know, he mm-hmm. just isn't showing up. Curtis Samuel's a top 10 wide receiver. You throw it out. Yeah. Penny's getting the more snaps, but he's not as efficient. So you kind of have to worry that one of these games is going to be the one where Walker, you know, surpasses him and takes over. Hines, that's a rough one to throw out there. But you yeah. look at his bench. Chase Edmonds. Is I would go Chase bench. Edmonds. Yeah. But it's a Thursday night game. It could be a shootout if that happens, like we saw with, you know, the Baltimore game. He got diddly shit. So I that mean, one's a tough one. One thing with Edmonds, dude scored 15 points last week and he had two touchdowns. Like he would have had three points and been a complete dud without exactly. like that RNG. So I mean, I think Adam's squad like. Adam squad, I really like, but man, those last two flex spots can be rough for the, all the reasons you laid out, Nick. Well, look at a super flex. All this news yeah. coming about Winston. Like, yeah. no one knows if he's even going to freaking play. And then you're throwing out Matt Ryan, who had a decent yeah. game last week, but I mean, decent as in 15. Yeah. But yeah, he's been a, what, a big, a huge disappointment this fantasy season. That yeah. Has so you look at those bottom three spots and it's kind of rough. So, you know, you look at that, you look at the spread and I still kind of go, I'm going to go with Kevin, but it's going to be a close one. And I think a ton hinges on that early Sunday game, which FYI, everybody, there is a game in London. It starts at 8.30 a.m. Central. So make sure you adjust your lineups accordingly. I think the one thing for me that makes this, continue to be very very interesting is Eckler going up against Houston and depending on if it's Chase Daniel or Justin Herbert that could be massive I think I mean Diggs obviously I think is a very favorable matchup mm-hmm. there's a couple pieces that make me want to say Adam's going to be the smart pick but I'm going to take Kevin as well yeah I I guess we're going with the upset but I'm going Kevin as well I just that the back of this roster for Adam or the back of this lineup for um, Adam just scares me a little bit. Um, and Kevin's team, I think we're underselling some of the difficult matchups he has, but I just feel much more confident with his entire roster or entire starting lineup 
compared to I mean, Adams. Do you look at starting Mariota now that you know um, shit, their defensive end got in the car accident, most likely not playing today? I mean, yeah, that changes I mean, that matchup. Miles huge. Garrett, out. that's the one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, his QB matchups are rough, especially when you have four starting quarterbacks to try and pick the right one. Mm-hmm. I don't envy that at all. No, I mean, I think common sense, you know, tells you not to overreact. And I think Stafford and Carr are the best. But you talk about upside. I, I mean, Mariota, I think, has like the biggest upside because Cleveland defense hasn't been the greatest to begin with. And if they're down Garrett, like their best, maybe best player on this entire roster, like that hurts them a lot. So if you want to swing for the fences, maybe you're right. You just you go for it with Mariota, but that's risky. So I mean, again. if you see Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney ruled out, I would roll them. I'd roll out. Mariota, no problem. And it it's looking like that. So that's an interesting one to watch. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. So yeah, clean seat sweep for Kevin in the upset. All right. That brings us to the matchup of the week. And that features, you know, yours truly. I'm taking on Zane this week. Um, Zane, I mean, Nick, I feel like you've talked about Zane's team a lot this year and your kind of admiration for him. So um, why don't you give us a rundown on how things are sitting for his squad? He's got some rough matchups. You know, mm-hmm. Lamar and Buffalo, although Buffalo decimated by injuries, could be an explosion games for him. CEH at Tampa is super rough. Taylor at Tennessee is not the easiest. But then you get Hill and Evans, which have juicy matchups. And Cleo Herbert's a super tough one because... If Montgomery's a go, even though hurt and possibly get hurt early done for the day, going against that Giants defense, I think you throw out Montgomery no matter what, if he's playing. So that one that one's gonna be really hard in a last second, you know, pick. Gabe Davis, Miles Sanders, you know, Miles Sanders kind of is coming back down to life after week one. You never feel comfortable throwing him out, but who do you put out instead? You know, maybe Lockett. Lockett's looked a little more involved. And, you know, he's got two, three spots that I think are going to be real tough and last-minute choices. But I'm still going to go Zane as my pick for the game. So when I go over Nick's side of the ball, I Kyler Murray obviously has a great matchup against Carolina. And, I mean, outside of that, Russell Wilson has been <clears> – <throat> Anything shy of spectacular. <laughs> not. Uh, he's been brutal. It's been. This is not the same Russell Wilson. And, and you could have made the case that he had better weapons coming over here than what he had in Seattle. Uh, obviously, yeah. the Dalvin Cook the Dalvin Cook shoulder injury is going to hinge a lot on this. Elliott kind of came back to form after two duds to start. I, I mean, tight. And the fact that you get to play fucking Mark Andrews each week. And Darren Waller has moments where he can put up 20, but he puts up 6.7. And that's that's just Derek Carr being, as I put air quotes on my side, one Hall of Famer to another. Um, there's a lot of questions to me with the starting of Elijah Moore. But at the yeah. same point in time, it's flip your coin. Elijah Moore, Eno Benjamin, Allen Robinson, or G- Jerry Judy. Allen Robinson is lost. In the offense, Jerry Judy's even lost her. Yes, that, that's exactly what I went with that. You know, Benjamin hasn't cracked 10. 
And then, I mean, maybe Damian Harris, who's touchdown dependent to get points. And it's a Patriots running back. So do you hedge the fact that Zach Wilson coming back is the Elijah Moore uptick that you need? Or where do you think you're going to get the most secure amount of points from a player because you just need them to put up a consistent amount so you know what to get out of that position? And I think that's the big hit to Nick, where you're sitting here with the enigma that is Russell Wilson, that last and final flex spot. T. Higgins and Amari Cooper are going to be just fine. And then what happens if Dalvin Cook goes? I think those are the big questions that you get to face coming into this week. Yeah. I mean, I think Elijah, it's definitely between Elijah Moore and Jerry Judy. Um, Judy, I, Judy, I mean, had a great week one and then week two and week three, um, unfortunately got injured and left those games, um, which, you know, wasn't great for him. And I think this Denver offense, but the Denver offense as a whole, like Russell Wilson, not great. Um, the coaching staff, not great. The running backs, you know, key fumbles and awkward times, not great. Um, Sutton's been solid, um, but like just disappointment across the board. I can only really hope it's just, you know, normally when we see like these big players make changes to like new teams, like there's a stable foundation, but like they brought in a new quarterback, they brought in a new coach. Um, I'm just banking that it's familiarity and they can, you know, get things going in the next coming week. Um, I really, that's what I'm telling myself as I cry to sleep every night. Um, but then Elijah Moore, um, he's, I don't know, like everything you read, he's like, you know, he's running, he's getting good route run percentages, you know, the air yards, you know, everything, you know, for whatever reason, you know, Flacco and him just aren't connecting. Um, so I'm, you know, just banking a quarterback switch, you know, him and Zach Wilson could maybe get something going. So it's a little bit of shot in the dark and, you know, going for upside because I do think I'm trailing Zane this week and it's going to be a tough um, battle and uphill climb for me. So it's a swing for the fence move with Elijah Moore. Um, if Z, if Cook does get ruled out, um, you know, just bump Connor up to the starting lineup and probably plug in Jerry Judy would be my likely outcome. Um, the one thing I think that's kind of cool about this matchup, though, is I think probably two of the biggest, like, just impacts we've seen fantasy-wise this season are in this matchup, both on the same team. I mean, Lamar Jackson is just unquestionably the number one quarterback, number one player so far this year. And Mark Andrews, you know, just a great positional advantage at the tight end position, you know, off to a great start. Um, so it's, you know, kind of fitting, you know, for this match for the week to see those guys going up against each other. Well um, said. But yeah, I, I'm taking Zane as well. Um, I just, I don't think I, I don't like my matchups and um, the cook uncertainty is, you know, a bit scary and I need to see the Denver offense rebound. So I'm rocking with Zane. That's three of us. All right. We all picked the same people this week. Yep. We, we were not very exciting, but you know, not great matchups outside of the last two weeks or last two, two of them. I'm going to have to start going first each matchups to give you guys an actual chance to try and catch me. <laughs> I have mine written down usually I, on Tuesday or Wednesday morning. Yes, yeah, same. Oh, I do this on the fly. Uh-huh. I literally go through this with zero preparation. You guys send notes and everything. My biggest thing is, do I have enough vodka in the freezer to get through this? <laughs> and the answer is always no. The, no, the, it's correct. But I mean, on positive side, when we get to just an hour, 
and everything. And I'm just a drink and a half in. We're doing pretty well. Yeah, this was a quick one. So you guys, someone needs to trade for Tyler Conklin or whoever um, and get some deals going this week. Two draft dollars. Not a lack of trying. I sent out one, two, three, five DMs this week. Slide into the DMs. I'm trying. But then fucking Kittle had to be healthy and start because if he was down Kittle and Schultz, I think I had a good shot at trading him. <laughs> All right. And then Conklin outscores him. Yeah, probably. Anything else before we wrap up this week's episode, gentlemen? That's all I've got. That's all right. It. Best of luck to everyone this week, except for Zane. You can Zane a player. Just this week, though. Zane thrives in hot places. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay and stay Florida. safe to our Florida yeah. people. Yeah. Zane and Armand. That looks and brutal. Chris. I know you guys are Chris, yeah. Too, oh. Chris, yeah. I believe you guys aren't too, too close, but that thing looks brutal. Uh, amen. All right. Stay safe. Good luck. Talk soon. Bye.